Welcome to the Next Chapter Podcast. Whether you were going from high school to college, from college to the real world, from nine to five to entrepreneur, or literally anything in between, we are here to help you turn the page from dreams to reality. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Next Chapter Podcast, where we help turn the page from dreams to reality. Today, we're going to be doing something a little bit different. We're going to be looking at a case study of Steve Jobs' life. Matt, do you want to start talking about his early life? For sure. So Steve, obviously like very impressive person um, behind Apple and invented a lot of crazy stuff in his life. I think like when it all started, um, it's very inspiring because he was adopted and mm-hmm. I really didn't, I, I kind of knew that, but like re-looking into his life, I was reminded, I was like, oh yeah, like he was adopted. And I think it's always like super inspiring when you look at successful people that come from a lot of hardship because like if you live an easy life, it's like, oh, things are so tough. But then, like, people get adopted, they're beat, they're all this trauma, and, like, they still overcome it all. So I thought that was, like, something really cool that popped off. Like, he was adopted, and he still went on to have an amazing life. Yeah. I think an interesting part about his life is his not want to be in school. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like when you see someone who's, like, super intelligent, their school is, like, not for them it's like not up to the pace to the standard of what they want to learn and i found it surprising how he wanted to drop out in sixth grade he told his parents like sixth grade i'm dropping out or i'm moving to this school and then he did the same in college Mm -hmm. i think it's also pretty cool because it's like he knows what he wants to do yeah so i also heard something that someone said it's like i'm not a rebel i'm not dumb i'm just misunderstood Mm -hmm. and i feel like that like really relates to him where he knows school is not for him. Mm-hmm. Maybe he knows he doesn't want to be in geography class because he has a passion for computers and science and yeah. all the tech stuff. I think it talked about how he would prank people and misbehave and almost be a delinquent for his age. And like I said, it was just misunderstood. Mm-hmm. Not really that he was going against the norm for ultimately ending up in a bad place but just because he knew what he wanted to do yeah and i think that misunderstanding is kind of like expected because that was before technology was even a big thing so for him to say like i have these goals to do a lot of in technology or like just go against the norm that way like today if someone was like i want to start an online business it's like okay cool like maybe if you say i drop out of college people will look at you weird still but if you say like i want to do something online it's like okay that's normal But back then, like, that was unheard of. So I think that just comes with, like, how forward-thinking he was. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's very impressive how he found what he's so passionate passionate about at such a young age. Like, he knew he wanted to work with computers and work in technology. And he even went so far to getting an internship. I think it was a middle school with Hewlett Packard. Mm -hmm. Is that what it was? Just recently, they, I saw that they invented, like, the craziest supercomputer in NASA. Um, and it's like 20 times faster than any AI right now. Like it's extremely crazy. And he got an internship with them at yeah. a middle school age. I also think that it relates to the fact that he was bold enough to even go and ask some person who had a lot of power, who had a lot of status. He was able to go be the person and say, hey, I need these computer parts. Can you just do me a favor and give them to me? That individual, he was so impressed by what Steve Jobs was doing at such a young age. 
at his ambitions of what he was going to build that he's like, yeah, I'll give it a shot. And then that's when he hired him for an internship. Mm -hmm. Once he saw he had the potential to do big things. Um, So then he ends up going to college and was really enrolled as a student for one semester. Um, What I thought was really interesting was he continued to stay in the mix of being a college student, was sleeping on friends' couches, attending classes. Like, we all went through college. Like, it's easy to walk into a lecture hall Mm -hmm. without even being enrolled, and you can still take notes and just not take exams and stuff. So he was still a student of life, student of just all these different things. That's where he learned his uh, major skills of calligraphy and typography, which made the first Mac um, and kind of reinvented what computers were. So... I thought that was really unique because he was like, I want the college experience, but I don't want to pay. I don't want all like the day to day of being a student. I just want to learn. And like, he was just a student of life and trying to figure out what he could do to make an impact. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I thought it was surprising how he decided to go to Reed college somewhere in Oregon that probably most people haven't heard about before. I know I've never heard about it. And he turned down Stanford Mm -hmm. for Reed college. And then he realized that it was paying too much. And it wasn't worth going for, but if he hadn't gone there, who knows if he would have ever invented the Mac because he said that that calligraphy calligraphy class is what gave him the inspiration. Mm -hmm. So going back to, so he met Steve Wozniak at his internship, worked with him at Atari. Um, This really just built a very good business partnership going into Apple. The two of them were just kind of, they complement each other pretty well. Steve Jobs being the business, Wozniak being on the design side. They go and co-found Apple together as their next journey. Um, what did you guys learn about their journey together going into Apple about business partnerships, relationships, stuff like that? Specialization. I talk about it a lot with us. I think it's so beneficial. If you can have a group of people that you strongly rely on and they could just be niched and involved in whatever project that they're doing and like how it relates to us, I can have the trust in you that you're going to get whatever you need to get done, done and to a great standard. And I can trust that you can do the same too. And that takes a lot less worry off me. And that's how things can thrive and become super big. Yeah. And it's like, you can't always be the master at every single thing. Like you can be really good at one thing, which is great. Like I think that's more valuable than being a jack of all trades to some extent, because you can be I'm going to perfect this. I'm going to be so good. I'm going to hire someone just as good as a different task. And then we're just going to be unstoppable together. Because if you're trying to put your hands in 10 different things at once, that's less energy, less attention to get to where you need to be. But if you can be like, I'm great at business and this guy's great at design, we're going to create the biggest tech company that there is. Yeah. Specialization is key. As Eric said, I think that's the biggest takeaway from their partnership. But prior to their partnership, from Atari, I, I believe it was one of the co-founders who talked about Steve Jobs' character, and I think that was the most surprising of anything. He said even now a modern-day employer wouldn't want to hire Steve Jobs mm-hmm. because he was so arrogant and... Perfectionist. Perfectionist, full of himself, was always the smartest in the room and let you know it. So he was he's not a good... His character was not a good teammate, but he's a genius. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was one of the things I took away was him being a perfectionist. He had OCD and it was like a dual-sided sword because it was like good on one side, very bad on the other. It was good because he was able to be very detailed in what he was building, very detailed in his business plans. Like if he wanted to build a, a good computer with Apple, like the inside had to be perfect, the outside had to be perfect. It all had to be great for the consumer. Maybe they wouldn't even see the inside of the computer, but he wanted it to be good. But on the other hand, like perfectionist, as far as being a leader, if someone messed up, like 
former employees said that he would scream at them. He told his PR assistant that a dress was ugly. Like he would just let people know if mm-hmm. something was not in line, he would let them know because of it. And um, I think that's just like very good to learn about leadership because it's good to be attention to detail, perfectionist to an extent, but you can't let it you know impact any relationships or um, cause you to stress on un- unnecessary amount of stress. Stress. Yeah, it's very paradoxical. It's good in some senses, but in others, it's a downfall. So I wanted to switch the tone of when he actually got to making the Apple One, when he started doing his designs, when he started seeing some success, and he had everything built. So during the time when he was actually manufacturing them, he didn't have the funds to buy the computers, so he said, I'll pay you back with credit. If you just give them to me, I'll go sell them, and then I'll give you some of the profits that I make from it. Mm -hmm. Um, The government wouldn't even fund it because it was so advanced for the time that they didn't see how this can even be possible for a homeowner or just the average person to even have a computer, so they didn't allow for funding. And I think it's crazy because... With a lot of success stories, you hear people who are at like rock bottom before they start to make it. It's like they gave their last penny to make this work. They went broke. They were sleeping on people's floors just to pursue a dream that they so strongly believed in. And I want to know what you guys think of that and how that relates to you and where you think you're at in that curve. Yeah, I think it's super important because... A lot of successful people will tell you not to have a plan B, like go by your original plan because like that's all you need. Go all in on something. And a lot of people regret having a backup plan because that means they're less committed to the actual goal. Um, I was interviewing someone on my podcast weeks and weeks ago and he said that the businesses that most people like to invest in are people that are like borderline psychopaths. Like they're just crazy because like mm-hmm. they're all in, like they will put everything on the line for their business. They're their mission, their values, because they believe it in so much. They're not someone that's just like, yeah, I have a hundred million dollars. Maybe I'll risk 2 million for this business. I'm not that committed. Like nobody believes in that person. They don't even believe themselves. Um, as far as like, I'll give a personal example. Like, um, when I was in high school, like cutting grass, I really didn't have, when I first started, I really didn't have any money. I remember I wanted to put flyers out around my neighborhood to spread the word about who I was and what I wanted to do, help it, you know, um, provide service to the neighbors and I didn't have enough money to buy a flyer. So I went to my parents and I was like, can I just have $200? Like cover the flyers, I'll pay you back as soon as possible. And like, that was the first summer I've made like legitimate income. Like it was nothing like looking back at it now, but I think that was like my first $5,000 summer at ninth, 10th grade. And I was like, this is pretty sweet. Like I went from absolute zero to creating something. Um, and I was just all in on it. I wasn't gonna go get another job. I was like, just give me something to start with and I'll run with it. Yeah, whenever, it seems like whenever you have that passion, whenever there's nowhere else to go and your back's up against the wall, you'll figure out a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Side story real quick. I remember walking into your room one day and seeing $19,000 in cash <laughs> on your dresser from the lawn mowing business. And that was the first time I was like, wow, the business is sick. <laughs> Anyways, okay. Um, for... For Steve Jobs and him going all in on this business, I think it was super important. And I really do think if you are so committed, it's so hard for anyone to see what you believe 
if you really have that passion and that desire and that belief in yourself that you're going to do big things, it's so hard for anyone to see. Mm-hmm. And that's when you look crazy because everyone's going to be like, you're risking everything for something that's proved to not work out. Mm-hmm. And if he had stopped, then Apple would never be a thing yeah. or yeah. Pixar would never be a thing. And his, Sorry. And his businesses would never have became anything to what they are today. And I think we're kind of at a similar place on that. Um, in our journey, we are we just got in the world of sales. We're taking now two years off of school. Me and Eric putting our lives on pause from the medical professional. Matt, you're going to be doing a master's. So you're going to still be continuing it, but you're not super involved you're going to be doing it online so we're all taking like a pause on what our original plans were to chase a dream that we really believe in i don't know how many people see it but we really believe that we can do something special and that we can build something great and we're all in on ourselves from the outside looking in i don't think anyone will see what we see and the potential that we see in ourselves and i know you've talked about it matt that's why it's so important to not tell your dream to someone else because no one will get it. Mm-hmm. I yep. think that's the harsh reality, and that's what I've been learning. Like even my parents, you know, they could say they support me and whatever, but do they believe in it? Probably not until they see results. Mm-hmm. They want something safe. Why don't you go use your degree to get a job? Yeah. Why don't you go do this? Have some safe income. But where we want to go, we don't want to be safe. We want to put it all out there. We want to say we did everything we can to try, and. I know that pressure makes diamonds and we're going to be great one day. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And it's a very inspiring, inspiring story to relate to. Um, And, you know, Steve Jobs builds us up, builds a empire in a building with Apple and then things get thrown away. You know, they have a falling out. He ends up leaving Apple and they kind of just kick him out of the company. What did you guys take from that when he went all in on this one thing and then now had to leave um, because he just didn't fit the company anymore? Um, I hear this quote of rejection means redirection and good or bad. I don't know. Things happen in life for a reason. And maybe it was just a season where he wasn't supposed to be in it. He says later at his speech at Stanford that whenever he left Apple, looking back, it was probably the best thing that could have ever happened to him. So, You just have to trust that things will work out in the end and have a positive outlook on everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Aside from him saying that it was the best move in hindsight, when you're in the present, I'm sure it doesn't feel like that. Like looking back on it in 20 years, you could be like, okay, this is best because I was doing this. But I couldn't imagine in the moment, like you build something up from the ground and then you're kicked out immediately. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know how that would feel in the moment or what he was going through, but I'm sure he was pretty mad, pretty upset. Like, that's my life's work and it's gone. Yeah. But he didn't just stay there. He didn't get complacent and be like, oh, I'm going to fall down and I'm not going to get back up. He went and built Next was his first company. And then he built Pixar. I didn't know that he was a founder of Pixar, like cars and all that stuff. So that was really impressive. And he, he said it at his Stanford commencement speech. Like it was, it was just another company, and now that's a giant company, and mm-hmm. I, I didn't even know he was a founder for that. So yeah. pretty impressive. Bro went on a revenge tour. Yeah, he did. <laughs> that was his villain arc. Yeah, for real. Um, but yeah, it was really cool. Like he went, he pivoted. 
like found a way to create other businesses, very successful ones. And then Apple end up, ends up buying next. And then he just walks back in the building 1997. Like I'm back. Like I, you got, you can't deny me now. And mm-hmm. the lesson I learned from that was like, he embodies the value of becoming undeniable. And I think it's such an important quality to have. Like so many people will provide some sort of value, but like people are so replaceable, like mm-hmm. in a job mm-hmm. in anything, like you can find someone like Alex Hormozzi always says like, your best hire has yet to happen. Like if you're leading a team, the best person you hire, you haven't even hired them yet. Like there's always better talent you can go find. But that's how most people are. Like most people will be replaceable. Some people will make an impact. Like you got to fill the shoes, but it's easy. Like maybe it takes six months, but like you can get someone up to speed. There are some people that are just special. Like they do it all. They're extremely valuable and they're undeniable. Like he became extremely undeniable because they bought his company. Like he's back in the building now because he got so good. And it's just a good mantra because even though he was denied, even though he was rejected, he was able to come back and still provide value and build up even more from where he left off. Yeah. He came back stronger and better than when he left. And that's just a testament to who he is as a person. Mm -hmm. He, even when he came back and bought the company, the company was failing, right? They weren't receiving too much funding. Um, I remember it talked about he received funding from some billionaire who not many people didn't believe in his decision. Not many people wanted to give him money after coming back to Apple. And then his business partner quit. He was a, he was a one third owner of the company and he left and everything just looked like it was going to go downhill, but he turned everything and taking it fast forwarding to the first release of what we know as the iPhone. People didn't think that was going to work. Turned out a major hit. Then he released the iPad. Everyone did not think that was going to do anything. Within, what was it? A couple hours, it sold a million units and became the fastest selling product ever. Mm -hmm. And everyone thought it was going to fail and he just flipped Apple to something amazing. Yeah. And he came back just like wanting everything to be simplified. I saw something where when he came back into the building, he told Apple to get rid of 70% of their products and make the other 30% just much better and just made everything super simple. Like we see with iPhones, we've used iPhones our whole lives. They got rid of the home button. They got rid of the face ID or the um, thumb ID. They got rid of all these different things just to make everything super simple, like a simple interface everyone can use, whether you're 12 or you're 80, like people all have iPhones across the world. And I think that simplification just, creates a ton of brand loyalty that he just embodies with apple like people if you have an iphone you better have the airpods you better have a mac you better have an ipad like you better have all of it like everything has to have that apple on it Mm -hmm. like you're not going to a samsung or a microsoft for your your other products like it's going to be all apple so i thought it was pretty cool like people like obviously very advanced technology that goes into apple products but the design the concepts behind them are super simple and he just shows us like you don't have to overcomplicate things. Just like make a good product, make it simple to use, and people are going to love it. Yeah. Yeah. I think making a, a good product speaks to, and with branding and advertising, that helps his customer acquisition part. But then the simplicity of it, the quality that he gives, that it's probably top tier, um, either one or two one or two spot of the best electronics. That's why keep, people keep coming back to it, and it's why it's a trillion-dollar company. 
It's why it's so big in the world today. Mm-hmm. The next part of what we're going to talk about, did you guys watch his commencement speech? You have? Very little of it. How did you feel about it? I thought it was very inspiring. Um, like you talked earlier, Jay Shetty mentioned on his podcast a while ago. When I first heard him mention it, I ended up watching it or listening to it on Spotify for a good amount, like probably for a couple of weeks every morning. Um, just start the day with a lot of inspiration of his story. Um, just love the whole mindset between like, you can't always connect the dots going forward, but going back, like you can always see how things make sense and kind of align together. So, um, I thought it was super cool. Like he's a, he's an amazing speaker. He's been an amazing speaker his whole life. You look at the iPhone launches and everything, like he knows how to captivate an audience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely very captivating, definitely very inspiring speech. And I think it all comes full circle from the college he didn't want to go to is where he's giving his commencement speech to one of the most pristine universities in the world. Mm-hmm. What did you think about it? I thought it was very inspirational. One of the quotes he did say in the speech was, every day I wake up, I look myself in the mirror, and I ask myself, if I were to die today, is this what I want to be doing? Mm-hmm. And he gives a great tip for anyone out there that's struggling with feeling stuck if you say no for 20 days in a row, then you need to change something that you're doing and pivot. I think he gives a lot of useful advice in that speech, and I think it's very inspiring to make people go after what they want, especially because he was faced so close to death. Unfortunately, he thought his, what was it, pancreatic cancer? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He thought his pancreatic cancer was fully cured, and unfortunately it wasn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very inspiring about like his passion and purpose behind all of it like they started in in his parents garage or his adopted parents garage because he just had so much fire behind what he wanted to do and no matter what it was going to take like eric said with the funding like no matter what it took he was going to make it happen and it just it's super cool to see like even a big company like that like it was fueled off of passion and purpose yeah and i'd say above all that's what you need to be successful in life I don't know how you guys feel about that, if you agree, but you need a fiery passion that like no one's going to stop you, that you are determined to be the best, that you want to win at any means, and that's what's going to make you successful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Matt talks about it. Motivation doesn't exist. It's momentum. Can you keep that momentum up? Can you always remember why you started doing whatever you do? Can you dig deep and remember your purpose when times get tough? Mm-hmm. Because people quit whenever the obstacles are so big that they can't see whatever they want to, whatever they want to achieve. Yeah. But if you always remember your purpose, the obstacles will never be great enough. Mm. So transitioning to Steve Jobs built this amazing company, and he didn't have that upbringing that, you know, he he wasn't very fortunate in his upbringing as he was adopted but you can say he was fortunate in the area he grew up he grew up in palo alto which is known as silicon valley today super big area for technology and that could have had some influence and inspired him what do you think is some advantage or edge that you have today in being able to achieve what you want to do I'd say everything like I read the book outliers by Malcolm Gladwell this year. And it was basically that exact topic. Like you, your success is determined on like what environment you were born in, like time of year, time of decade, whatever, like your parents race, all those things. And I thought it was super interesting. And um, basically how 
if you're born into a better opportunity than people five years later or um, previously, you're going to be more likely to be successful. I think for us, like growing up with the internet booming, um, we've worked in the solar industry, like solar is going to be a huge future as far as how energy is consumed and created in our country. And we are getting in at the early phase of that. Um, little things like that, like really show me how much opportunity there is out there. Um, you hear some entrepreneurs that are older say that today people are in twenties and thirties. Like it's so easy to be successful. So easy to be a millionaire because you can do everything online. Like you don't have to leave your house to make money. Like it, it's crazy the amount of opportunity that's out there. Um, and it's very inspiring to see like someone like that who, yeah, he was given a good situation with where he was born, but obviously like did not grow up with a great childhood. Um, but he still made it happen. Like we have a lot of abundance, a lot of opportunity in front of us that we can make a lot more happen. Yeah, I definitely agree with, agree with Matt. I think the most important edge that we have on anyone is our technology and just the time that we're born in. You can do infinite things with a computer and there really is not any excuse for why you can't make money. You just need to provide some service or figure out what service you like providing and give it to people, pause, and provide it to people. And you can even rent out your car. You, you can rent out your bedroom. Mm-hmm. You can literally do anything. Yeah. There, there, there's a niche for everything. There are infinite ways to make money. I remember in the book by Angela Duckworth, Grit, she said... You can't make money playing Minecraft. Well, was she wrong? Ten years <laughs> later, there are people who play Minecraft for a living and make more than she probably will ever make in her life. <laughs> and and that, that's, not, that's not throwing shots at her. It's just ridiculous the amount of money that someone can make from the internet. Yeah. Like those people can gross $10 million a month easily. By placing blocks on a map. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. We are so fortunate to be born in the time frame that we are because we have endless opportunities mm-hmm. yeah we just have to have the motivation the drive to make it happen and the creativity yeah exactly because as long as we're shaped by the societal standards and molded to a structure i don't think it'll happen for a lot of people but once you you can once you take a step outside of the box or you take a broader look at your life maybe you can figure out something yeah well it's important to know you also need the skills too like yes we have technology but if like we grew up when when we were kids instagram first became a thing Mm -hmm. instagram's huge now like you can make a lot of money on instagram but if you don't know how to make a post you're never going to do it like you have to adapt the skill of what social media is with ai you can say to chat gpt like hey how are you and like you get an answer back but if you don't know how to ask it like valuable prompts you're not going to make money using ai Mm -hmm. so we have a lot of tools, but you have to know how to use them. And like, right. And the best part about it is like, you can use technology to learn about technology, go on YouTube, go with podcasts and like everything's out there. 90% of it's all free and the paid stuff is probably BS. So just use the free stuff to get started. <laughs> um, so learn about like how to use technology and like, don't just sit back and think like, Oh, I have this phone, I have a laptop and like, I can make so much happen when you don't even know how to use it. So just a word of encouragement. Yeah, I definitely think some of it is, you definitely need skills to pursue some type of venture, whatever you want to get into, that's going to be providing a service. But I honestly think a lot of it is laziness, especially in this generation, people are so lazy. It's so 
I don't want to say rare, but it seems so unique for someone to be chasing a dream that's so that seems not too far. That just requires basic discipline. But I feel like most people are out partying all the time. Most people are out watching or not out. They're in watching Netflix till 3 a.m. every day, binge watching shows constantly. I think there's so much entertainment that people get lost in the create phase and everyone is more focused on consuming more than they're creating. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, to wrap us up, I want to go through Steve Jobs' daily habits. I want you guys to tell me, take it or leave it. Is that, If this is something that's valuable to your success and think you sh other people should do it or if we should just throw it away and nobody should be doing this. So okay. um, first... He would wake up at 6 a.m. every day, and he would wear the same outfit. It was a black turtleneck, blue jeans, and New Balance shoes. He the 991s. Did <laughs> he did it because he um, was very big on decision fatigue. He didn't want to make a big decision in the morning, so he just wear the same thing every day, simplify the morning, so he could go to work with a fresh brain. What do you guys think about that? Take it. It's very. I think it's very professional to have something that you wear every single day. If you look at a businessman, they're going to be wearing the same slacks, maybe a different color. They're going to be wearing the same shirt, maybe a different color, but it's the same basic underlying attire, yeah. right? And I always said as a kid, I wish I would never have to go and pick out an outfit. I can wear the same thing and other people wouldn't judge me. Mm -hmm. I think that's a take it for sure. Yeah. Do I have to wear it every single day or is this like only to work? Whatever you want. So only to work, take it. Otherwise, I'm not wearing this to the function. <laughs> You're not wearing a turtleneck to do. I'm not wearing the turtle. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not wearing the turtleneck in the 991s to the function. <laughs> That's just not happening. That's funny. But to work, I'll take it. Yeah. Wake right. up at 6 a.m. I'll take it. It's definitely a good routine. I know you talk about it a lot. Decision fatigue. Keep those important decisions later, so you don't use all your brain power making dumb decisions like picking out your clothes. Yeah. So if it's to work, I'm taking it. Yeah, it's funny. It became like a meme. But as I was watching it again, I was like, you know, if you run a big company like Apple, nobody cares what you wear. Like, you can wear whatever yeah, you want. Yeah, just like, what, what's his name? Um, Facebook dude. Mark Zuckerberg. Zuck, yeah. Yeah. He does yeah. the same thing. Mm -hmm. Kanye does as well. Um, Ricky, you mentioned this quote. I want to just go over it again. If today were the last day of my life, would I want to do what I'm about to do today? And whenever the answer has been no for too many days in a row, I know I need to change something. Is this good advice? Take it or leave it take it i think the 20 days is a great thing because obviously every day there's going to be stuff you don't want to do that you're going to have to do because you're going to have to propel yourself forward somehow so if you need to work that nine to five that's awesome um i think the only thing bad about a nine to five is being complacent in it but if you're going there with a mission and you know that it's not for you but it's only a temporary state. That's fine. So I think that 20-day mark is amazing. Mm -hmm. Take it, for sure. Yeah, Definitely great advice. I think it's great for people who are feeling stuck in their life and they need a form of a pivot or need some direction. Take it. Yeah, agreed. So Jobs wakes up, puts on the same outfit, says that quote, but he doesn't shower. He thinks that his diet will take care and eliminate the need for shower. Take it or leave it. Oh, that's hot. Musty. Take it. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Leave it. That's a big leave it. Yeah. I have to shower like one of the very first things I do. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was interesting, but I mean, people do crazy things. Um, he goes about his day. He ends up getting home for family dinner by 530 PM. I thought this was astonishing because 
someone that busy, like mm-hmm. building so much, he's able to get home at 5.30 when the average worker gets home, have dinner with his family. He values a lot of time for himself, family time, take it or leave it. Take it 100%. I'm a strong believer that your 20s should be for building something where you can spend your free time as you want whenever you have a family and you can give them the time necessary to have those relationships flourish. Mm-hmm. Same dinner time every day. Take it. Not at 5.30. I eat at like 8.30. <laughs> yeah. 5.30 is very early. Um, after dinner, he gets pretty active. He walks for his digestion. He drinks a hot herbal tea, which actually gets ingredients from his home garden. Um, and he often does walking meetings throughout the day. Like whenever he needs to meet with someone, they'll just go for a walk and talk. Um, so he takes care of himself. Take it or leave it with these habits. Take it. 75 hard taught me outdoor sunshine. It's a very big thing. It makes you a lot more alert too, and it makes you happy mm-hmm. to take it from me. Take it. Exercise is so important, especially if you're in a stagnant place all day. If you're sitting in front of a computer for eight hours of your day, you need to get some steps in. Take it. Yep. Nice. Every day before bed, he would meditate. I know you guys have experimented with meditating quite a bit in the past. Take it or leave it. How's it helped you? I think meditating is big. Would I do it before bed? No, but I can see the benefits before bed. For So meditating, just in general, take it. I do it right when I wake up. So I'm going to leave it. I don't do it at night. I read at night. Mm-hmm. Um, if I meditate at night, I'd probably just fall asleep. So I'm going to leave it at night, but it is so beneficial and it helps calm you and make you more relaxed throughout your day. Yeah, I definitely agree. It's definitely helpful, especially when you have that much stress running a business. Mm-hmm. Like, Just put your mind at ease and sure. go to bed with some clarity, I think. Matt, do you like meditating at night or in the day? I prefer in the day. Um, at night, I I never have an issue falling asleep if I meditate at night, but apparently it puts your brain in theta waves, which is not good for sleeping. So I just avoid at night, just based mm. on that information. Interesting. Yeah. So I think during the day is more optimal, but... I don't, what do I know? <laughs> um, my last one is about his diet. He often ate just one or two foods for weeks on end. And they, these wouldn't be like beef or steak. It would be like fruits or veggies. He was very like vegetarian, fruitarian. So he would eat like carrots every single day for weeks or like a apple. Like he loves apples. That's kind of why Apple became the company. Um, and he would eat an apple every day for weeks. And that was it. Take it or leave it. I'm big on discipline, and whenever you do have structure like that, it helps build discipline so you are getting the right nutrients and whatever you need, the right food, without having to deviate from that. But two weeks at a time, it sounds a little weird to me. That's a leave it. That's a leave it for me, no doubt. I don't like vegetables. <laughs> and it's just not enough. Where's the protein? <laughs> I don't care about that part. No, like oh, if, that's all he would eat. Yeah, yeah. Like, like if it was like McDonald's cheeseburgers, two weeks maybe. <laughs> oh, like maybe we'd be talking something different. I thought but. he would just throw carrots in, like as a lunch. No, thing. like breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Oh no, that's that's a definite leave it. Yeah, he can have that. Yep, I agree. And he ended up making a switch only when he got diagnosed with cancer. Then he started introducing like fish and fats and stuff like that oh i have one that's interesting um regarding spirituality take it or leave it traveling to india to meet a guru and doing lsd to open up your eyes he did that yeah he did do that okay um i think it's interesting i'm I'm not sure about lsd i don't think i'd ever do lsd 
but you do hear stories about people doing other more minor psychedelics or even LSD, open up their mind and experience things. The idea of it, take it, but I just wouldn't do this uh, LSD. I'm going to agree with that. The idea of it, I think the idea is kind of cool to expand the bounds of what your mind knows, but I'm leaving it. I would never do that. How about you? It's a leave it for me. He, uh, interesting fact about him, he actually, before he built up Apple, he came back to the States after spending a couple weeks, maybe a couple months in India to meet with his guru and enlighten his spiritualness. He wore Indian clothes. Mm. Traditional Indian Traditional clothes. Indian Not the clothes. turtleneck? Not the Not turtleneck. The turtleneck. <laughs> he should make a he should have made a collab, like a turtleneck Indian <laughs> with that, the new balance. That would have been the hottest selling item on the market. <laughs> I would have repped it. Facts. It would still be selling today. Yep. That's legacy money right there. Wait, maybe we should invent that. Maybe. <laughs> we gotta find his kids or something to To make get, the Steve get, Jobs collab. Get their approval. I like it. Alright. Alright, guys. Well that's it for today. We hope you got some value talking about Steve Jobs' story. We're going to be back with more of these in the future. Let us know if you guys want to see anyone in specific. But thank you guys for tuning in, and we'll see you on the next episode.